Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Back to school, back to school, to prove to dad I am not a fool. Got my lunch packed up, my boots tied tight, I hope I don't get in a fight. Oh, back to school. Adam Sandler would be so proud of that rendition. Shout out. And you know what? We didn't have to sing in high-pitched voices. Oh, we need to sing more Adam Sandler songs. There we go. Wonderful. We'll add it to the list, fans. Boom. Speaking of fans, this is a listener's choice episode. Yes, it is. And you know what? It's episode 63, and it's about quite the hot topic distance learning yes for those of you that might be new to the show or have forgotten it's okay brooke and i are educators we're educators educators we do that teacherin thing yeah so we have been asked multiple times on strategies to use if you are if you are a parent having a child in a distant learning setting so different districts call it different things they call it e-learning virtual learning virtual learning academy remote learning all the things on the line (laughs) on the internet thank you i was like i don't want to have to say (laughs) it's the learning on the internet thing (laughs) i don't know how to do it yeah where you are now your child's teacher for all subjects And the best part is they spend all day at home with you while you try to do your job. We know emotions are high and not everyone can be pleased with everything going on. So we are coming from a standpoint of you, parent, are doing the best you can with what you have and how you can do it. So make sure you are extending grace to yourself, number one. But also extend grace to others who are not choosing the option that you are choosing, if you even get to choose an option. Yes. every. I mean, it's that age-old saying that you don't know what battles other people are facing. Yes. So, for example, I have a friend who, single mom, has to work. Has to work. What are you going to do? So the only option is kids at school. So we are here just to shed light on Mm -hmm. what we think is effective practices if you have chosen or maybe in parts of the United States, there isn't a choice. It's only online learning um, for your district or city. So, um, side note, some districts are letting you have the option after a grading period is completed to switch to either in school or online. And some school districts are all online until a certain date. And then you can choose, so if you wanted to start online and went, ooh, and then you tried them in school, and you're like, oh, wait, let's go back. So, again, make sure you're asking your specific district what their rules are. And remember, districts are doing the best they can. They are changing things as the law is changing. Every or as, day. Yes. Yeah, so, again, grace 
to all parties involved, lead from grace. And the teachers, we really don't know. You know how sometimes you want to know about class lists and this and that? Okay, sometimes we really don't know that either. But here's the, this is the, what this episode is about. We're going to give you the real scoop, what we're doing in our households, all that. Okay, we really don't know. It's not that, oh, I don't know. No, we really don't know. As soon as we know, we'll be telling some right. friends. So, for example, my district, I will learn the information as the parents are learning the information on what the procedures are going to be. So, you know, all we're doing, all you can do is all you can do. And again, grace. I think we'll say it a million more times. Grace, grace, grace. Please give grace and have grace. And this whole distance learning episode is going to be good once things resolve and kind of go back to a quote-unquote normal. So when, you know, even before COVID, you still had to work on homework at home, projects that you find out are due tomorrow, and they've had it for two weeks. Mm, Oh, I need a poster board. Oh, when do you need it? Um, So my project's due tomorrow morning. Yeah. Could you make it for me and just sign Mm, my name? I really hope it's not the solar system. (laughs) We don't have any styrofoam balls. (laughs) There's a shortage at Walmart. Every other parent has already bought the styrofoam balls. Tonight. The cashier's probably like, what is going on? No, they know. The cashier's Uh, like, oh, science science project due Mm. tomorrow. Yep. Good luck. (laughs) You're the 17th mom. (laughs) As for styrofoam, we only have. (laughs) And it's the the uniform, too. It's the um, messy bun, tank top. Maybe flip-flops or house shoes, pajama pants, rushing to Walmart to get the thing. Yeah, and they have a a drink in hand, but you don't know what's in it. Hopefully a brawn. Mm. Well, let's get started. Today, we have six um, recommendations for y'all to help you guys have a successful at-home learning process. And again, these apply to chores. They apply to assignments Um, you know, when you're juggling their soccer schedule and cheerleading and all the things. So I think a point we want to drive home is also just communication. Mm -hmm. The more communication you have, the smoother this is going to go. Yep. All right. Number one, the first thing you need is a schedule and to try to figure out a time. Now, some people in the spring when COVID shut down everything, um, this was a big topic. Do you have a set time? They wanted to try to mirror like they had it um, at school. And in theory, I saw that purpose. But even if you spoke to people that homeschool their kids, they're like, we don't spend seven and a half hours learning every day. We can usually get it done in less time. Right. So, also, side note, some districts, if you are choosing in school, it will be your regular eight-hour day or if you're choosing online, it's either three or four hours. So make sure you're also checking with your district to make sure you... That way you know, okay, I should be planning for three hours, not seven. Yes. So I think that's going to help you a lot on the front end. Definitely. So it, these might seem like basic concepts, but you need to decide when are you going to start? When are you going to stop? And then the duration of time, like chunks of time. So start time. Are you going to wait until your child wakes up like a Disney princess and has their breakfast and then start? Are you going to try to wake them up at a decent hour, whatever that means to you, like a school time? Um, Some things to consider. The longer they sleep in and wait to start their work, the longer it's going to carry into their day. So I had families say things like, 
It's 6.30. We started this morning, which was like 10.30. And they're like, and we're still going. So you might just reflect on how it was in the spring or pick a start time and kind of see if it needs adjusting along the way. But just know that, like, little kids, they wake up sometimes before the sun is up. Whereas a teenager, not so much. Not so much. So definitely consider your ages when you're choosing a start time. I know your job is also a factor. So if, let's say, if your middle schooler sleeps till 8, and usually they'd be at school before that, you can work from 6 to 8. Mm-hmm. And you can do all the things you need to do 6 to 8, start them, and then you can, we can talk about independent tasks and things here in a little bit. But you can at least get two solid hours uninter- uninterrupted in, whether that's just clearing your inbox. <laughs> Yeah. It is so hard to send an email when you're trying to do anything else. So make sure you're also considering all the schedules going. Yeah. So pick a start time as opposed to trying to match it up to the school time. If it matches up with school start time, great. If it doesn't and something else works better for your family, go with that. Also, there are certain times if you're doing online learning, again, check with your district. They might change the rules multiple times just depending on what the state says. Some districts, if you were doing online learning, you have to check in at a certain time with a certain teacher. So make sure you're getting all of that information and play that into your schedule as well. Yeah, so if you're trying to plan ahead, go ahead and just write in pencil. (laughs) Lots of pencil. We're not using pen at all. Lots of pencil. And, um, you know, try to start coming up with a tactic. I like to plan. I will replan and replan and replan, but... That's better to me than not having a plan. But yes, everything Brooke is saying is super important. It's go with your, come up with a plan. And then once you get the information from the school, be ready to adjust and know that that's coming. So if you need to know that your plan is going to adjust, go ahead and, and take that and breathe it in and you got it. The other thing I would recommend is pick a stop time. Um, it doesn't have to be a hard stop time, but especially a second grader, doesn't need to have started school at 8 a.m. and still be working on schoolwork at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, especially if they've been diligent. And Do you work that long? No. Second graders don't have that kind of stamina. and we'll get Adults to- don't have that kind of stamina. <laughs> I wish I had that stamina. So just pick a stop time, and if you are not getting work complete, work Brooke mentioned communication, and we'll get to this in a second. But if your child is not able to get their work done within a reasonable amount of time, it's going to play into communication. So pick a start time. Pick a stop time that protects you, your kid, your family, family, function of the household. Yes, they're not going to be able to keep up at that rate. They're sure not going to want to do it again the next day. So set a stop time to protect everyone involved. And then the last part is duration. Now, duration is going to depend on a lot of things. And so when I say duration, how long are you going to spend on each subject? How long are you going to encourage your child to work before giving them a break? And again, this is going to come down to age, time of day, and the subject. So I would do bigger chunks of time in the morning and smaller chunks of time in the afternoon. Okay, so if you're trying to do, you know, let's work for an an hour, take a break, an hour, lunch, break, and then just maybe two small small blocks 
to finish something or start something else. Um, but your duration is going to really depend on your kid. But no matter age, grade, whatever, bigger chunks in the morning, if you have to, maybe you don't even have to work in the afternoon, but if you have to, small chunks in the afternoon. Yeah, you can always set goals. Like, man, if we could be done by lunch and have a late lunch, great. Or think, hey, parent, do you want to be done by lunch? (laughs) (laughs) Then they can go have a nap or rest time or whatever you want them to do so you can get some solid work in. That's, That's something to consider as well. Also, let's say my child is better at math than at English. He might look at the math and get it done quicker than the allotted time that I had planned. So let's just roll in with the English. And you can go on worst one, first one if you want, if... Their English is harder for them to do. You could start with that one if you want. Or, again, this flexibility. You're going to have to trial and error a lot of this. Yes, so definitely gauge their frustration. I think that was the other thing, too, when people try to set scheduled blocks for subjects. Some days the assignment wouldn't take the whole time, but it wasn't 9 o'clock yet, so kid runs off to go do something, and it's hard to bring him back in. So, or like you were saying, we'll talk about prioritizing what subjects and lessons if you have that flexibility here in a bit. But um, just again, the key word is be flexible. So, in general, start time, pick when you're going to start, pick when you're going to save everybody and have a stop time. Bigger durations in the morning, shorter durations in the afternoon. The best thing I can say is you know your student best, you know your child best, read their frustration level. Once they're at that breaking point, nothing good is going to come from it. So, you know, be ready to redirect or cut it short. Not never come back to it, but see, read them, make sure you can uh, tell when they need a break. And then, of course, too, as you find out more information, you might have scheduled meetings in place. So, again, you're going to have to plan around those. So, pencil, pencil, pencil. The next tip or recommendation that you should be thinking about after setting a time is location. So when I say location, you already know you're at home, but where will they learn and do their schoolwork in the house? And so some things to think about, is it going to be the same place every day? Some kids, they want that stability. You might have a desktop that can only be in the office. (laughs) But for some kids, a change of scenery, oh my gosh, that can do wonders for them. We're going to do math at the kitchen table. We're going to do language arts in the living room. We're going to do science on the back porch. Just something that they feel like they have a change of scenery as opposed to being stuck in the same spot every single day, all day. And we'll talk about choice here in a little bit too. So we'll play into that as well. And again, you know your kid best. Sometimes in that situation, they need their but in this chair right here, and do not move, do not go past go. But if you feel like it's the daunting same routine, try changing it up with a different location for subjects or different days of the week. Monday we work at the kitchen table. Tuesday we work in the living room. Um, You know, that's not to complicate your life, but if that's something that's going to keep them engaged and showing up every day, it's worth it. And like every good parent, if it's benefiting your child you're going to want to do that. So again, like you were saying, Farron, read your kid. Ask them. Ask them questions. A kindergartner will be able to tell you 
what they prefer. But then you are given the wisdom by Jesus to be like, uh, we're not going to go to the swimming pool for math class. Like, that's just, no. Okay, you want to read on the roof? No, but we can go upstairs. Yes. You can go up somewhere high on your bunk bed. You know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You definitely want them to also be in a location where they can be monitored. I, I had a few parents that realized later maybe than they had probably hoped for that not everything was being done and turned in and they'd come around the corner and they're watching youtube cat videos so just we trust our kids we love our kids but i scroll through facebook at times that maybe i shouldn't or i'm trying to do something else so put them somewhere where you can monitor and check in regularly so again make sure it's a location you can get to easily another issue that I had experienced was talking to parents and they think their kids turned the work in, but it's not actually being turned in. So some buttons on Google, like the submit button is not the one that's like highlighted in blue. That's the share button. So make sure you're actually watching them submit and just double check because a lot of times it's not being turned in. It might be done, but it's just sitting on their computer, so the teacher's going, okay, well, now I have to count them absent because they haven't turned their assignment in, depending on what the rules are. Now you're getting a truancy letter, so make sure you are double-checking the work is actually being submitted. Yes. So just a quick recap. The first thing is come up with a schedule or a time. Second thing is location. Our third tip for you is your child's basic needs. This is something we learn in teacher training like day one. If their basic needs are not met, they don't have anything left uh, in their brain to absorb what it is you're trying to teach them. So basic needs are like hunger, uh, clothing, safety, their emotional state. So if you want to look at the pyramid, it's the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You can Google it and it shows you a pyramid of the most basic needs and you can't get to the top without addressing the bottom first. So make sure you're looking at that. I think that's a tool that everyone can see and understand. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs, make sure you're checking that out. Great. I'm glad you always remember the name of that. I can picture the image and I know it starts with an M. Yes. You can't do the Bloom's things till you do the Maslow's things. Oh man. Blooms is another great one, but we won't overwhelm you today. Mm, That's another episode. (laughs) So the considerations here with basic needs. So have they, are they breakfast eaters? Do they eat a big breakfast, small breakfast? Do they not eat breakfast, but they want to snack at a certain time? Um, You might notice that as it's getting closer to lunch, they're just tapering off drastically as do you adult just like you hangry is a real thing it's not just for toddlers so (laughs) some considerations um i know that a lot of people talked about even if you're working from home getting up getting dressed like you would for a work day that that really helped their mental state as well as their productivity so you might consider as much fun as it is to run around in your chonies all day or (laughs) your pajamas that you might help get them in that setting, that mindset, by having them get up, brush their teeth, get dressed in clothes, (laughs) and then, you know, not just a t-shirt for the Zoom meetings or the Google Hangouts, but, like, actually get dressed. (laughs) see you. (laughs) Yes. And um, get in that mindset that they're they're attending school. Something that stuck with me early on, so if y'all don't know John Acuff, he is 
an author and he's funny, so there's that. But one of his tweets he posted was, wearing your pajamas the first couple days of work feels really cool and then you start to feel like a failure around day three. And when I read that, I was like, man, that's so true. So I've got to, if I'm going to change out of my pajamas, let me put on my nicer leggings. Yeah. There's a difference between regular leggings and nicer leggings. Yeah, it means we're about to do some work. Yeah. All right, so the other thing is have healthy snacks and water candy. So avoidance technique is a real thing, and if you don't know what that is, if your kid is always thirsty or hungry when it comes to a certain subject or activity or whatever, I might have a child that gets hungry every time it's time to clean, coincidentally. Who knew? It's a miracle. We just ate a seven <laughs> just course. Just drank a gallon of yeah. water. I'm still thirsty. Sure you are. You can drink when you're Push gone. through it. <laughs> we are not saying dehydrate your children. No. But you know. You know who I'm talking about. So, <laughs> have healthy snacks. You, want, you don't want them to associate the anxiety or stress of school with, then I'm going to eat potato chips. So, definitely consider that. Um, so, healthy snacks that, snacks that are handy. If they are really hungry, they will eat them. And then have water nearby. Even if it's, can I go get some water? And they get to go fill up the glass and walk very I will get it for you while you do this math problem. Yes. So have things like that handy, but also recognize those behaviors from a mentality standpoint. And just jump in and say, I'm going to get you that water. Then do you want me to come sit with you? Maybe if it's something they were doing on their own and... Just look for those avoidance techniques. And how to tie that back into your schedule. If you want to just jot down mm-hmm. like when that is happening. So if you have your schedule written down, at 8 we do this, 9 we do this. If, if we get done early, we do this, this, this. Jot down the time they're asking for stuff. And over the course of time, you're going to notice a pattern. And that's going to be easier for you to see and address it. Yes. And the other key here, you know, you want to make sure that they're dressed and groomed right. That they're fed and hydrated. But we've already touched on it a bit, is their like mental-emotional state, which, given the current situation, it's hard on everybody. But if you think about kids, they might not have liked school, but the fact that school's supposed to be starting now, and it's not, even my own child, who does not care for school at all, said, I'm actually really excited about school this year. If that wasn't like an eye-opener, I don't know what is. But just... Be mindful of that. Have those conversations about how they're feeling. And if you're really concerned, I'd encourage you to contact your school's counselor. Um, They're there. That's a free resource. And they can try to give you some tips and clues. And, you know, if you're really concerned, they can kind of talk through some of those points with you. So, again, you got to meet basic needs, both physically but mentally, emotionally as well. Yeah, I really like that one. Your counselor is a wealth of wisdom, so make sure that's what they're there for. They want you to call them. Otherwise, they would not have chosen to be a counselor. They want you to call and say, hey, I'm a little concerned. They keep bringing up this, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips? They can probably give you a few lines to even say. Yes, and it, you know... It might not really be about the schoolwork. Mm -hmm. I think I find comfort in being like, oh, she just doesn't like math. But there's always an underlying something. Yeah, there's always something. So be aware of that um, and just know that if they're letting you have it, they tend to do that to moms. Um, That remember, it's not probably really about you and it's just a lot going on right now. 
Okay, so the first thing, first tip we have for you guys is, again, schedule, times, location is number two. Number three, basic needs, and now moving on to number four. And we've touched on this a bit, but that's instruction. So this is the order of tasks and possibly specialized instruction. Now, disclaimer, like Brooke's been doing a great job of reminding y'all, is that some of these you might not have a lot of choice on. You might have to tune in at a certain time for the math lesson or the reading lesson. Okay, so you just want to, if you have the choice, we're going to give you those clues or uh, recommendations. And if you don't have the choice, you can show up for the instruction but still do the independent practice at a time that makes most sense for your child. What is independent practice? Independent practice is after the teacher lectures, says go do this activity or go do this worksheet, turn it in to me when you're done. So um, you might have flexibility in some um, form or fashion. So what we recommend is that you start with the most challenging task first. One, you're freshest in the morning. There's like brain research and everything to prove that. So whatever your child struggles with the most, you want to do it in the morning because they're fresh. The other thing is you get it over with and it's not looming in the back of their mind the rest of the day. And now I have to do this thing. I worked all day. I worked really hard all morning and now I have to end on this. Oh, you just ran 10 miles? Go run a marathon. Great. No, thank you. I'm not running the first 10. You crazy? I think empathy has a lot to do with all of this. Extending grace and actually empathizing with your kid. Empathize with the teachers. Empathize with other parents. Everyone's doing their best. And a way to show empathy isn't just saying like, I know you hate this, but you got to do it. You can be like, you know what? I really hate brushing my teeth, but I know if I do not brush my teeth that they're going to rot and I'm not going to have teeth when I'm older. And so I just tell myself that it's going to make me better. And so I do it and I feel so much better when it's done. And that's a good tactic. You're attaching it back to a why. So mom, why do I have to do this math? Okay, remember, we've said this multiple times on the podcast. School helps you learn how to learn and learn how to do the hard thing. So if you can figure out how math and numbers are things <laughs> together, then by golly, you can conquer the world. So again, you're learning how to learn. You're learning how to do the hard thing. And you know what you can say? You can say, you know what, bud? Me doing this with you is hard for me, too. I'm learning, too. Let's learn together. Now is the team language, team approach. 100%. So if your child receives specialized instruction. What's so, specialized instruction? So if they receive um, special education services under IDEA, don't ask me what that acronym is because I don't know it off the top of my head. But if you receive, if your child receives speech services, dyslexia intervention, um, extra reading or math instruction, because they've qualified under the special education umbrella, prioritize that first. Um, that is something that is tailored specifically to how they learn and where they specifically are. So if you have uh, speech intervention lessons or dyslexia intervention, you want to make sure you get that done. If at any point during this process they are unable to keep up, or they are needing extra support, schools are required to replicate that the best that they can at home. And so I encourage you to try. You want to set that up for your child that we are going to try, and we're going to try, and we're going to try again. 
And then if it gets to a point, you're just trying to find a manageable way to get their work done. You don't want them to fall further behind, but not at the cost of y'all's sanity um, or creating an anxious situation or burnout. So just know that you have different options under the special education umbrella and that school districts would recommend that you go with those services first because again they're tailored they're individualized to your child's education plan if you're not sure what your kid's IEP is that's the individualized education plan just ask the teacher say hey I think we might be in some sped paperwork can you send it to me and kind of explain it it's okay if you don't know what it means we would rather you ask and us be able to tell you than you not provide the services or not attempt, like you were saying, Karen. Yeah. The last consideration that we have for instruction is if there are independent activities that you know your kids can do on their own and then some that you know you need to sit there with them and help them and you have multiple kids, right, um, you might stagger these activities. So if Billy can do the dot to dot and color it in for his kindergarten assignment on his own, but my eighth grader pre-AP history student <laughs> needs my help, maybe helping him read through some of the passages and pronouncing all the crazy names, then I'm going to give kindergarten guy an independent activity when my eighth grader needs my help. Same thing, when my eighth grader has his science project and he can do it all on his own, I'm stepping in to teach kindergartner how to read his sight words. So try to divide and conquer those independent activities with the ones that are going to require more of your attention. Awesome. Okay, so to kind of recap again so far, because repetition, 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 quantum Zeno effect, <laughs> got to throw it in there. The first thing we talked about with distance learning, our first tip is setting a schedule and a time. Second, we talked about location. Third, meeting basic needs. Fourth, the instruction. And now the fifth tip would be choice. Choice. Oh my goodness. We can't say this one enough. Amen. Choice is how you give control back to the student and empower them. Okay, no one really likes to feel like they're out of control. Um, not that they want to be, everyone wants to be a leader or everyone wants to be in charge, but think of it as, you not having any control over your life. So that's not a great feeling to have. Again, you might not want to lead hundreds of people, but you might want a little bit of say on how your day goes. On anything. Even if it's letting them pick out their outfit. Right. So here's what you got to do, though. You got to be careful with this. Here's the rules with choice. One thing is, it has to be something that you can live with. So if you are giving them a choice of where to work, like we mentioned earlier, you have to be okay with whatever they choose. One way to convey choice, while it's still your idea, is to give them two, maybe three choices that you're okay with. Even though they didn't come up with those options, they're still getting to pick, and so they feel like they have some control. Right. So, for example, if we're trying to figure out where we want to do the math lesson today, I can say, all right, Farron, you can pick the kitchen table the floor by the living room or outside in the driveway in the 100 degree weather. Oh my God. 
So that third option, did I, do I really want to do math out in the driveway in the 100 degree weather? No. no. So I'm not going to say that choice. I'm going to give two that, again, I can live with. If I know I've got to have one ear on one kid and one ear on the other, I'm not going to put one upstairs and one downstairs in the basement. Yes. So that's the first thing is come up with rules or sorry, come up with choices that you can live with ahead of time and try to find as many as you can. It can be like, what color cup would you like to drink out of today? Which color pencil would you like to write? Would you like to wear this orange shirt or this polka dot shirt? The more choices you can give them, they're going to feel like they're telling you what to do. But guess what? They got dressed, they got their water, all of it. So, I like to call it the Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> like, yes, you do. <laughs> you don't want to whitewash this fence. No, you don't. It's I'm way too much fun. So no, I guess you could pay me to you know whitewash this fence. So again, Huckleberry Finn. Give them as many choices. Do you want to eat with a fork or a spoon? Well, mom, it's cereal. A spoon. Well, I didn't know which one do you want to pick. <laughs> Side note: We had a teammate in college who ate cereal with a spoon or with a fork because she didn't like milk, but she liked how the cereal tasted with the milk on it. Guys, there are so many awesome Fun people. Fact. Shout so, out. The first thing with choice: pick one you can live with. The second thing with choice is limit them. My goodness, if you have a young child, especially, and you give them too many choices, they do um. Um, and I'm the mom that I say, you have five seconds, five, four, three, you can do that. Because again, avoidance technique, if they're taking forever to make a choice, then you got five seconds where I'm making it for you. Also, side note, if outfits totally make your eyes go haywire, have the outfit picked out the night before. You can give them choice on, on that if you want. So if putting outfits with kids drives you insane and that's your thing, that is going to make you lose your mind, do it the night before. That way you don't have to do that at all before you even start the work. So that's just also think about you. There is an episode we have, episode 60. It's all about how to do the technique we just talked about. It's an episode with Kelly Smith. She is a beast at Love and Logic, which is all about choice. So make sure you give episode 60 a listen for lots of anecdotes, tips, and tricks. She covers everything on mindset and how that affects your behavior and how you can get the behaviors you want out of those you love um, in a loving way. Okay, so again, schedule your time. Find a location. Meet basic needs. Plan your instruction. Offer choice all day long. Choice, choice, choice. The last big one is communication. So again, with your student, you want to use as much positive phrasing as you can. Think of the word yet. I know this is hard for you right now and you don't understand it yet, but let's work together and figure it out. Um, You can use vulnerability. Again, they're not going to feel like you're in it with them. They're going to feel like they're in it all alone unless you can empathize and share some vulnerability. So if you have an older student, you can be like, man, geometry was really hard for me. I don't remember anything from it. You're probably a good 100 yards ahead of me in this race. But, you know, we're going to do it together. I don't know it yet, but we're going to figure it out, and I'm here. I'm going to go through it with you. And that might even look like, I don't know how to log on to Seesaw yet, but we're going to figure it out. And you're saying that to your K through second, I think, for some school districts. 
or I don't know how to log into Google Classroom yet, but we're going to figure it out. So if you can use that phrase, whatever, whatever, yet, but we're going to figure it out together, you can put that on the end of any sentence ever, and it's going to automatically be a team approach. It's going to build that rapport with your child, and they're going to start repeating that phrase too. And you can kind of build some confidence if you're like, where's the Googler? The what? You know, the Googler where you go and you like search for the things? You mean Google? Oh, Google, that's right. <laughs> so you can help bring attention to what they do know, that they already do know a lot because you can definitely get yourself worked up to where you feel like, I don't know this, I don't know anything. So kind of bringing everything back into perspective. And that's just good practice on you are demonstrating how to ask for help. And so they will in turn ask you for help on things too. Which plays nicely into our next point under communication. So first, you want to have effective communication with your child. The next thing is effective communication with their teacher. So depending on the age, it may be more appropriate for the child to reach out to the teacher when they need help. Um, you want to teach those life skills uh, that when they need help, they got to go ask their boss um, and you know find the right people to get the answers from. If they're at a younger age, this is what all teachers wish they could say, and they never will. We will say it for you. So, teachers, you're welcome. And all my former parents, student parents, I love you. Okay, but here's, here's the best thing. If you have a question, please make sure that you've checked the newsletter that we sent out to you. Check the email we sent. The class dojo, the remind. I know there's a lot of sources, and I hope the school district is trying to narrow them down so that way everyone uses the same thing. Please check those first. Please read them first. Okay, and then if you still don't know, respond by with a specific question. So saying, I don't know how to do any of this. Can you help me? Of course, we're going to help you, but that doesn't help us know what part. And it is nice to say, hey, I went and I checked the newsletter and I didn't see anything and I'm trying to figure out when this assignment is due. Is there somewhere else I'm supposed to be looking? Things like that. It just lets us know as teachers that you're putting in the effort and trying. I think about when my kids are like, I can't find my other shoe. Well, did you look for it? Yeah. Where'd you look? Um, right, right where we're right where we're standing <laughs> just now just now I looked it, there's just something about if you had if you put the effort in because we spend so much time on the forms of communication writing everything out step we, by step we really do now we do miss things we are not perfect and we're gonna help you even if you don't look at that but if you want to have effective communication with your teacher Make sure you've checked all the forms of communication and make sure you can formulate a specific question. That's going to get you a quicker response, not because we know you checked everything, but having a specific question, we can give I can you, give a specific answer. Yes, we can do that for you. So if you are the one reaching out to your child's teacher, just please make sure you check all the forms of communication and have come up with a specific question. So two things I want to mention there. So what you were saying, Farron, the ask three before me, if you're a teacher, you know what that means. That means check out three things before you ask the teacher. So like you were saying, check the newsletter, check the website, check this. 
are you friends with someone in their class? Can you ask them how they did it? Did they figure it out? Help me learn how to do that. Ask three before me. Also, Farron, like you were saying, appropriateness on does the student email the teacher or does the kid email the teacher? If you are middle school or up, you should be emailing the teacher. What you should you do, the you sorry, you the student, should be emailing the teacher. Parent, what you can do, you need to coach your kid on how to write that email. Oh, yeah. So you get that laptop out and you say, okay, we're going to, you are going to write an email to your math teacher asking about this assignment I will be right here and I will tell you what we could say to formulate a good email to send to your teacher. I love it when I read an email from a student and I can tell that mom coach that kid up because it is, hi, how are you? I really worked hard on this. I'm stuck right here. Can you help me? Thanks, bye. (laughs) So again, make sure you are coaching your kid on how to email because like you were saying, Farron, that's how they're going to talk to their boss. So You've got to teach them that skill. You're teaching them life skills. And I like what you said, too, about the whole ask three before me. Is The last point under communication is we call it your tribe because it's trendy and cute. I like it. Your tribe. Okay, so again, do you know the parent or kid that's also in your child's class? Do you have a neighbor that um, you know goes to the same school that can access the school communications Or it's maybe older and can say, hey, yeah, when I had this teacher, you had to do X, Y, or Z. Do you have like a teenage babysitter that's tech savvy that can help you figure out the internet? Check with your church group. There's other moms in there that are trying to figure it out. There might be other teachers in that group that can give you advice or tips on things to be doing at home. Um, Relatives or friends that are really good in content-specific areas. So if you know that math is just not your jam... Man, I have two brothers that are math gurus. If my kids ever struggle with anything in math, they got two uncles that can step right in and, you know, hopefully teach them way better than I can. I always got the, oh, you don't know how to do that. But I'm sure they love my niece, their nieces a lot more. I call my brother all the time. I'm like, Blake, how do I find the da 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 He's like, oh, I have a spreadsheet on that. Let me send it to you. You are the best. Yep. So definitely your communication with your child, with your child's teacher, and with your tribe. Now, I do want to reiterate that if your child receives special education services for a variety of reasons, um, there are also special education teachers that can also give extra support. So two things on that. One, try to find their names. If you don't know where to find them, ask your child's homeroom teacher. Two, if the classroom teacher refers you on to those people, it is not a put-off. It is not that they don't want to work with your child. That SPED teacher, again, has everything they need from the SPED perspective. Your child's classroom teacher is still going to work with them. So this is just an extra avenue, an extra resource that you can go to to get help. And so, again, it's not the child's teacher putting you off if you feel that way respectfully communicate that to the teacher first. I think the last thing on communication is please go to your child's teacher first. And if you don't feel like you're getting a response, then please go ahead and contact admin. But give your teacher the benefit of the doubt and give them give them at least 24 hours. Yeah, basic chain of command. If something happens in your workplace, you're not going to go to the CEO first. 
<laughs> number one, you know how bad that's going to look on you. So make sure you are following chain of command. Ask the teacher first. So if you are a part of the SPED family there, you have something called a case manager or a caseload, and you can say, hey, which teacher is my kid working with? And that teacher has probably a list of however many kids, depending on the district, 12 kids, 20 kids, depending on the size, and their job is to check in with each of the kids that's in their caseload. So again, what you were saying, Farron, if you're trying to find another way to say it, it's the caseload, the case manager for whatever school you're in. Yeah, just think you have somebody that's like staying with your kids sometimes year after year, making sure that they're closing those gaps and making that growth. So I would want to know, I would want to talk to that person on the regular. So Yeah, they're going to be their coach. They're yep. going to be with them for a long haul. Yep. They're in there on all the meetings. You've probably seen them and met them before. Sometimes teachers change schools, so you need to meet the new one. Again, those teachers, they know the ins and outs of the law. They can protect the child from whatever. They can help guide. They have lots of resources. Please use them. Okay, so our six points, again, were scheduling and timing, picking a location, meet basic needs, plan the instruction, offer as many choices as you can, even if they're not school-related. Give them choice all day long. Um, communication is very key, but in all aspects, with your child, with their teacher, and don't forget, you got a tribe. You got a lot of people in the same situation. So they might have ideas and strategies that work for them that you could try. Um, the bonus thing that isn't applicable to everybody, but sometimes having some type of incentive program is good for especially young students. Um, some kids mm -hmm. are. High schoolers like stickers and candy, <laughs> promise. Okay. <laughs> so just some people are. Young kids struggle with the intrinsic motivated where they do it just because it's the right thing to do. So anything extrinsic, if you go search um, Pinterest or Teachers Pay Teachers, there are free sticker charts out there. And you don't have to go buy stickers. You can just like print them out and like X or checkmark or star or smiley face them. You can have them digitally if you don't have a printer and just add a check. Add a sticker. Them. Add one of the little digital stickers. Yeah an emoji let them pick the emoji mm. choice, choice. <laughs> <laughs> and then also online there are tons of resources of free or inexpensive incentives you can even search incentives that aren't food um things mm -hmm. like that and so you might again this is where you're going to know your kid and what they're willing to work for that is the key to any incentive program it can't be working for something that you think they're gonna like it needs to be something that they will work for it. So. And if they like a lot of things, you can do a choice chart where it has a bunch of options and they get to pick whatever the mood they're in. Like if it's pick what we eat for dinner or pick our after school activity or pick the movie for movie night, it could be a bunch of different things too. You can make a chart that covers them all if you don't have one specific thing. Yes, so having some type of incentive chart and the way they would earn these stickers or check marks, it could be things simply as finishing within a set amount of time. It could be they might not like doing their reading assignment, but if they can get through it with just a decent attitude. So you could reward attitude. You can re reward... Reward um, positive behavior. Yes, any positive behavior, but only focus on one behavior at a time. 
And I would start with the one that's driving you nuts the most. There you go. <laughs> the one I want to fix first. <laughs> yes. And then even if you see them going above and beyond, you could like double sticker them. So Boom. if they have like a bad attitude about reading and they're fighting you every day, you could just say, if you don't back talk me during this reading assignment, you're going to earn a sticker. And if they're nice to you and say, yes, ma'am, you, you make those stickers rain. Mm. Yes. The last thing with an incentive chart You'll never take one back. Nope. If they earned that sticker, you don't, uh, as mad as you might be, you do not walk over there and rip one of them off or hit delete. A, a consequence can come in a lot of ways, but once they've earned it, they earn it. If they have the idea that they can lose it, then it's another why bother situation. So, incentive chart, some type of sticker monitoring chart. There's free, healthy options for the incentive chart. Make sure it's something they really want, not what you think they want. Give them the choice. That's awesome. Something you can live with. Choose one behavior at a time. Then start with the one that's maybe driving you crazy the most. If they go above and beyond, reward it. If they do something wrong, do not take it away. There are other ways to provide consequences. Whew. Man. I feel like we could talk all day about this subject. We really could, and that was hard, but we narrowed it down to six, and I kind of cheated with the bonus with the incentive <laughs> chart, so it's really like 6.9, like basically it. seven. So, guys, check that out, and I hope it's helpful. If you think you know somebody else that would benefit from hearing this, be sure to send it their way. Also, if you have questions, reach out to us, and we, can, we are happy to do another one of these episodes if it's something more specific like... What do I email the teachers? Or my child is struggling with fill in the blank. What do I do? Or my child struggles. What could they possibly need uh, evaluation of some kind? Yes. Do I have to pay for that? What's that process like? We can answer all questions. And the best part is maybe. I don't think you are. We're not your child's teacher. So yeah. we can speak <laughs> a lot more freely. Um, and not that your teacher, child's teacher doesn't. It's all about maintaining that relationship. And there are some things that they really, you know, can't phrase or say a certain way. And they're afraid of possible litigation and whatnot. So, um, and that's cross-referencing your resources. Like if the teacher's saying the same thing and we say, yep, that's accurate. Yeah. There you go. Yep, and we are definitely team teachers, but um, we also are here for parents as well. So. Mm -hmm. We're all in this together, whether we like it or not. I don't know, I <laughs> just made that last part up. It's like, I don't think that's how it goes. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that we got to end on a laugh. I love it. That concludes episode 63, Listener's Choice, all about distance learning. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you for discussion, support, and community. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.